Welcome back to Cold Brew and Hip Hop. I am JMB, and we got a bunch of shit to catch up on today. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Kazi here in the booth, aka the upstairs bedroom, Jacob and Vicky's place, <laughs> townhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, later on in the episode, we're gonna have a great chat with um, upcoming hip hip hop, hip and hop, hip hop artist. And I don't even really want to say upcoming, but upcoming in the fact that he's not really like on Hot ninety seven radio yet he should be um, on high 97 he absolutely should be and most likely will be um but as far as that goes he's blowing up on tiktok he's on all the platforms so jay crumb will be with us later on um so i think we should dive right in uh kazi's gonna talk to us about liquid swords by the jizza yeah all right so we were driving to new york city back in like what was it mid-august right because it was august 6th we went to New York City when I was like back from camp before mm-hmm. I went back to camp for that last week of my contract. For sure. So, so we were driving to New York City and because Jacob and I had front seat duties, Jacob was driving and I was co-pilot, uh, we got to choose the music. So our poor women folk in the back seat were subjected to uh, a lot of Wu-Tang Clan and specifically <laughs> the Jizza. Jacob brought up to me like that intro part um from the debut al- debut solo solo album by the Jizza Liquid Swords and it is basically a soundbite from the it's a it's a kung fu movie i think it's called Young Wolf or something like that is it Shogun Assassin or is it uh so, so yeah it's the opening commentary um, and it's from the Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, there it is. Like, yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub. Series. Um, and basically, it's like, you know, when I was little, my father was the greatest samurai in all of the empire, right? Um, he cut off the heads of 137 lords, or 131 lords, and, <clears throat> like, all this stuff. And, like, you know... Th- the shogun was afraid of my father, but my father wasn't afraid of the shogun. So Jacob asked me, he's like, what do you think that is? Like, do you think the Jizza is like the child telling the story? Do you think the Jizza is the, the samurai? If so, then like, what is like the, um, the real, uh, uh, like symbolism here? So, the 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 line goes people said that the shogun's brain was infected by devils my father would come home and he would forget forget about the killings he wasn't scared of the shogun but the shogun was scared of him maybe that was the problem then one night the shogun sent his ninja spies to our house they were supposed to kill my father but they didn't that's the night that everything changed and then the the actual song begins so in in just kind of like some weird moment of clarity as I was listening to the album again, I was like, I texted Jacob and like, I was driving. I know I shouldn't have done this, but I was, I was like, yo, I figured it out. I cracked the code. I know why the RZA and the Jizza decided to put that in there because when them boys were first coming up, right? So Jizza slash the genius. So he was known as the genius before mm-hmm. the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, and the RZA went by the name of Prince Rakim. And mm-hmm. old, old, old Dirty Bastard was also like part of their crew. 
and he was like I think featured on like in the music video for the for the RZA's um, "Oh We Love You, Rocky" music video. So basically, these dudes were like sought out by these like record labels, and they like misrepresented their brand of what they wanted. Oh, for their music, the label did. The label did, okay. and they were like completely controlled. So the Jizza actually got an album. So I actually have not listened to his first album, which is The Genius. And it's got like this corny album cover of him wearing like all gold and he's like sitting there. I think I've seen that. I should listen to it, right? If I really want to be a big fan. But um so yeah, like he's like got like a feather and stuff like that, and he's like signing stuff. So like I don't know how much of like that music is actually like him, right? And things that represent him to his brand. And the interesting thing is that like things that I learned through the of Mike's and Men docuseries and also through like what was portrayed in the Hulu show American Saga mm-hmm. that these young men were basically like cannon fodder to the record labels. So they like mm-hmm. Hip hop was big in the late eighties and early nineties, and so especially in the New York City scene, lots of album uh, record labels were like scooping up talent that they thought were talent, and then trying to like market it and mass market it. Hmm. And so the RZA didn't even get an actual album deal. He had a single, and it flopped, and then he got dropped by the record label. Hmm. And that's like the fuck up of the century. Yeah, you guys botched that. Yeah. Whoever did that, you guys fucking blew it. And the the Jizza got an album deal, but then I think he like his shit like also fell through. Like he he just they got a tour out of it, and then that was about it, you know. So they got like chewed up by the system and then spit back out. So the way that like I interpret that intro and how it's so poignant to the fact that like you know the Jizza is that samurai. He's the greatest samurai because his word is the sword. That's why it's a liquid sword. So, but why is it like like that? I guess I've been stuck on that the whole time. That's so his, why is it liquid? That, well, it's it's liquid because it, it can flow, right? It can take Holy any f- it, it it can take it can take any form, right? And so because it takes any form that it goes in, it right. just goes along, like right. it flows. Okay, right. holy shit! Be- um, and because he's a linguist master, right? Man. And then and he's he's gone on record as saying like that's my weapon. Yeah. That's my sword. My tongue is my sword. Can you pull up those lyrics again from from the beginning part of the, the, the album? Yeah. So, like, so one night, the Shogun, being the record labels, sent their ninja spies to kill my father, to, to end my career. Right? They were like, oh, oh you fucking suck. They were scared of him. They were scared, so they tried to have him do what they wanted him to do. They tried to control... The genius. So maybe there was like some other talent that they didn't want Jizza taking away from or something. It's like they were scared yeah. of, they were intimidated by his potential. So he cut off the heads of 131 lords. So think of those other lords as like other MCs. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, the Jizza was like battling MCs on like the Staten Island Ferry. When oh, he was shit. coming, he was going for like between Manhattan and. Uh, Brooklyn and, and Staten Island to visit his cousin and the rest of the Wu members, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the Shogun, the record labels just stayed inside their castles. 
they never like came out to see what was happening in the streets and to really see what raw hip hop was and to find that talent and to like really like nurture it, right? Holy shit. Right. Wow. And so then, you know, they tried to kill him. They tried to end his career and they didn't. And that's when everything changed. And that's when the Wu-Tang Clan came about. Fuck. That's when, so through their shitty experience, right? Through like, it, they, they, the, 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 the A&Rs and the record labels dangled this like carrot in front of these dudes' faces, you know? They mentioned that in a number of their songs, solo yeah. or otherwise. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, I think that definitely, like, I don't want to say put a chip on their shoulder, but it definitely like affected them in a way that was kind of like, almost like something to prove. Not that yeah. they didn't already have something to prove, like growing right. up wise, but, but raw these corporate fucks coming in. Yeah, there. raw, I'm going to give it to you. You know, to quote you, God, from the Battle of Chess Boxing, like, I'm going to give it to you raw. Like, that's why, that's why the RZA was so hell bound on making sure that he had complete creative control over that first album. Hmm. I, and he, he asked them dudes to trust him. He was like, you guys just got to trust me. Give, give me like these years of your life, sign on that dotted line, be a, a part of Wu-Tang Productions because this is our ticket out of here and this is the way we have to do it because I've seen how they tried to do it. He ended up being right, though. And he's that chess player. He did end up being right. The mystery of chess boxing. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's wild. And so, like, man, I fucking go hard for the jizza. So goddamn hard, man. Because, like, that, you know, and, like, I don't know, I, like, I quote that song a lot, and then I say my cat was the greatest <laughs> <Yeah>. samurai. <laughs> she cut off the heads of 131 lords. Yep. Maya? Yeah, Maita. <laughs> the greatest samurai in the empire. She could, though. She's ruthless. She got them extra toes. <laughs> Shout out to my cat, Maya. Hashtag the fluffy one. Maya, if you hear this, meow. Yeah. <laughs> I have to speak her dialect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's Slavic. It's M-A-J-A, so it's more like, nah. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> the Slavic cat. Say meow. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that that's my take. What do you think about it? Does, does it make sense? Uh, so you, uh, I complete honesty uh, blown my mind. I was expecting something deep. You were uh, more well thought out than I gave you credit for. Not that I, mm -hmm. you know, meant to, but like it was really impressive. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely it has to be true. It has to be true. I hope we get a chance to ask him. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But I, I, I I'm kind of like speechless on that. That was really well thought out. Yeah. I'll hit up his manager. I'll I'll hit up the the link in his Instagram. You should. Hey. Yeah. The fuck. Be like, hey man, you guys featured me on the front page of your Instagram that one day. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> we'll be there for that meet and greet with Ghostface. Jizza happens to be there. You cool if we do like a quick five minute interview about Liquid Swords, considering he's on tour celebrating the twenty fifth anniversary of that album. Jizza, if you ever listen to this, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, dude. I feel like the, he's he's a humble dude just based on like just like based on like interviews that I've seen too. Like he's he's kinda like I don't even know. He's like he just like kinda like sits back and soaks it all in, right? So like the Rizza is also like that I've noticed. Like the Rizza will like 
he's very intellectual mm-hmm. and introspective. But I feel like the Jizza is like he just like soaks everything in that's happening and like comes at it from many different angles and comes up with his own like free response. Jizza, he strikes me as like he does he 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 talks the least, and I don't want to like say like he doesn't talk at all, but he talks the least. But he like what he says is really like a heavy hitter or like really deep and he doesn't waste his words. He doesn't fucking like beat around the bush when Jizza has like a point, like it's eloquent and it's true and valid. Right. Um, And I feel like I'm saying something about the other Wu members, but I'm not, I'm just saying he's special in his lyricism. They all have their own signature. Jizza stands on his own with his intellect for sure. Yeah. And all of them too. Like, it's like, you know, I think one thing that, like, the American Saga, obviously it's like a, 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 a drama series based on true events, you know. And, you know, I saw something on YouTube that was, like, Inspector Deck did some interview, and he's like, a lot of the shit that happened, like, is exaggerated, didn't really happen that mm-hmm. way. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a fucking drama show. Like, you have to, like, you have to understand that, you know. And, like, if people are going to be like, did that really happen? It's like, no, you have to, like, come at it from a certain level of, like, you know, it's like, so, so Ghostface caught, caught like a strip, like a, like a bullet in his neck, right? Oh, okay. And it, like, grazed him. It wasn't anything, like, super life threatening, but he did have to go to the hospital and stuff like that for it. But, like, some people, are like, that's why they wrote the song Protect Your Neck. And, like, Ghostface has gone on record. <laughs> like, that's, that's not why we wrote the song Protect Your Neck. <laughs> it's like, you know, man, I think people are going to, like, try to, like, draw similarities but like one thing too that like i've noticed from, through interviews of watching the woo members is like you god is like hella like hella smart he was you the one know? that went to prison a lot besides massacre <laughs> yeah there's a few that went to prison obviously. yeah massacre like got out after like the wu-tang clan had been formed <laughs> but they were still working on the album so like that's why like a lot of the songs had already been recorded um and uh yeah i think like i asked this but his, whose cousin is he or is he related to somebody or like what's his connection so the masticilla is his last name is turner so he's a descendant of nat turner okay yeah wow on uh, his father's father's side and his mother's maiden name is gray or gay marvin gay was her cousin holy yeah, okay, so okay. the Masticilla is related to Marvin Gaye and Nat Turner. Two amazing and influential artists ahead of their time. And RIP to Marvin Gaye, whose dad shot him, I think. I don't even know. Somebody shot him in like the early 80s, and we lost a great one. No, but Nat Turner was the freed slave. Not freed slave, the escaped slave who like fucking what? led a revolt. Natty T? Yeah. What? Yeah. Nobody calls him Natty T. I just did that. But. He, like, um, that Turner preacher. Born 1800, died 1831. He's that. related to this guy? Matt Turner's Slave Rebellion. And he was featured in that KKK propaganda movie, The Birth of a Nation? No fucking way. So they portrayed, they must, or, wait, the birth of it. Is that a KKK? No, 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 no. Uh, It's named, it has to have been named after the KKK one. What's the, now I have to. Oh, God, rabbit hole. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it is that. This is the 1915. That's why the other one's named after oh, like, Birth geez. of a Nation. Is that so? This like Teddy. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt saw this, and he was like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "Oh man, we gotta, we gotta get these black people and these, these colors." And you know, he was not a fan of like the natives, obviously. Jesus but like, Christ. anyways, my point was like this movie was far reaching, mm-hmm. and so I think they portrayed Nat Turner in it. So back to Nat Turner or yeah. back to Master Killer, whatever. Well, yeah. So, like, Nat Turner led a, a famous slave revolt, and they, like, fucking killed the masters and shit like that, set the fucking plantation on fire. I love stories like that. They, the, um, what the heck was his name? The guy in Haiti who did the same thing, but he basically, he was the reason why Haiti was, like, the first black country that like freed itself they didn't like get free yeah i don't know you know but it was like a slave rebellion too and then yeah anyways so so master killer is descended from that dude yeah so that's pretty fucking bad yeah that's awesome i could just and i like in his one uh his one song i forget what which one it was um it's off his album that came out in like 2003 or something like that uh he's like i'm a writer not a rapper master killer said that yeah wow I'll get out of here, historychannel.com. We don't want to get the pop-ups. 56 black people accused of participating in Nat Turner's rebellion were executed, and more than 200 others were beaten by angry mobs or white militias. Literal terrorism. Yeah. Fuck. Shit is crazy, man. I'm still, like, buzzed in from the conversation yeah. with yeah, yeah, Jay yeah, Crumb. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. shit was nuts. I'm just, like... So look at this. So believing in signs and hearing divine voices, Turner was convinced by an eclipse of the sun in 1831 that the time to rise up had come. He had enlisted the help of four other enslaved men in the area. An incursion was planned, aborted, and then rescheduled for August 21st, 1831, when he and six others killed the Travis family, managed to secure arms and horses, and enlisted about 75 other enslaved people in a disorganized insurrection right? That's insurrection. Insurrection. Um, that resulted in the murder of an estimated 55 white people. I hate that they, why would the history channel say it that, uh, that way? White people. I mean, like they, well, that's true. No, I, I mean like I get what they're, they're, they should have called the 55 white oppressors or I don't know. I mean like, or, or maybe it was just like a fucking killing spree. If you happen to be white, I don't give a fuck if you're a, a, a woman, you know, Miss, you know, Miss Clara running away from the plantation as it's burning down. Fuck you, fuck you, bitch! I'm gonna cut your head off. I don't know. I I feel like you know, it's, it's a tricky one. Uh, at the same time, there wasn't like a lot of like broad diversity. It wasn't right, like there was right. like Laotian and right, right, Pakistani. Right, 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 it was right. pretty much like black people, white people. Right. Probably if you go to the southwest, there was like indigenous right, and stuff. Right. Actually, I don't know indigenous wise back then, but. I'm sure, like, I don't think he was killing natives. I think, I, I, I'd like to know more about what the fuck happened, but 55 white people. It's interesting that they, they say it. Um, he managed to secure the arms and horses and enlisted about 75 other enslaved people. Hmm. So they don't say black or African enslaved people, mm-hmm. but then they say that they killed 55 white people. Hmm. Looking at you, history.com. Yeah, history.com, I guess. What the fuck, dude? Like Backslash topics, backslash black 
hyphen history. And I'm not asking from a place of being offended that it's right. not like white fragility. It, it right. is just interesting that the lack of an acronym there and then there's right. an acronym there. Or not acronym, uh, adjective. Yeah. But anyways, digression. But yeah. That's uh, that's why I like, I, I don't know, I, I fuck with the Master Kill. He's, he's cool as fuck, dog. Jim is working late tomorrow. So. <laughs> Text my mom. Uh, so listen, man, um, Katie and I have been on like Sody pop kicks lately. Ah. And, um, depending on where you are in the United States, you may call it soda. You may call it pop. I, uh, ironically started calling it the Sody pop. Um, shout out to that, the uncle Mo's tavern, episode of the simpsons when the little girl says ugly moda sodi pop is too cold for my teeth <laughs> i think that's where i get it from so my mom's from detroit she calls it pop i think i like to call it soda or mm. soda pop but like whatever fountain drink bubbly carbonated sugary beverage that you like to drink mm-hmm. i love it and it's funny if you look at if you look at the pop soda border it literally splits our city, our town, yeah. our county. So you will always find like soda and pop people. But if you go out to Detroit, it's probably like all yeah. pop people. And then you have these fucking weirdos in the South talking about Coke and they're talking about all different types of pop or soda. And it's like, that's a, clearly a brand name or yeah. reference to a drug. So clearly you are a stupid person. Fucking Florida. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Look at that heat map. Yeah, and it's right there. Right in the Finger Lakes. God damn. So I say pop. I've always said pop. I am a firm believer in pop. Wegmans calls their product W Pop. Oh, shit. Um, it's not a rule. I don't think I'm the only right way, but that's just like, that's my way, and I, I, I will fucking always be a pop person. You'll die on that mountain. I will die for pop. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, my favorite pop, hands down, is the one that I showed. It is Mountain Dew Livewire, and then pipe number two is regular green Mountain Dew. Um, I, there's like probably a dozen different Mountain Dews, blue, they got like a 4th of July one. I've seen like, I feel like I've seen like a Cinco de Mayo one. There's obviously the red, red, code, code red. red That's which Katie's favorite. used to be my favorite. I probably yeah. went too hard on it. Yeah. Now I don't really fuck with it anymore. I think it's that red dye. That like red dye that they use is probably like fucking crazy harsh. Like red dye number five. Yeah, There's like people is. who are allergic to that because like red dye contains flowers. Oh. I think that's like... The only way you can get like that super like red dye number five is to use like a certain flower. Why don't we just not dye things that color? It's fucking weird. Well, so okay, so you left this orange Mountain Dew live wire at my house. Love it. And Katie and I were like, we really want Sodi Pop, but um, I have fucking hurt my back, and Mm -hmm. I have a disc injury. That is now affecting my ability to walk and causing numbness in my fucking legs and my feet. So, like, driving is hard. So, I'm just like, I ain't trying to, like, go out. Um, so, I was like, oh, shit. Jacob left that soda pop in the fridge. So, like, I, I, I copped it. I hit about half of it. And I'm like, this is fucking straight, straight trash. <laughs> the fact that, like, it was opened. It wasn't flat. So, I don't want, like, anyone to be like, oh, maybe it was flat. Maybe it was, like, left out. No, I was in my fridge. He had cracked it and maybe had, like, a few sips of it. Um, so it still had fizz when I opened it. I was just like, man, I don't get it. I never got Mountain Dew. I had friends in high school and college who like used to fucking drink two liters of Mountain Dew. Oh, dude. And like, it's, it, that'd be like, 
Man, I'll, I'll pick Squirt over Mountain Dew. Uh, yeah. Nah. Or the grapefruit shit. That's Squirt, isn't it? Yeah. Nah, dog, nah. See, the thing is, all right, so most of the other Mountain Dews, like blue, purple, all the other ones, mm-hmm. they also taste like shit to me, and I will refuse to drink it. They've been, I've been at parties, and all they have is, like, Diet Pepsi and then, like, fucking purple Mountain Dew or fucking dyed purple or something i'm like what the fuck is this get this cough syrup with bubbles out of here i don't yeah, want this yeah, trash yeah. and also in speaking of trash typically mountain dew is seen as like a white trash drink and i'm, I'm yeah. the first to admit it i know that um but like it, it's a bit addicting and there's even like a dental term called like mountain dew mouth for like kids Jesus. that like do nothing but drink mountain dew they don't fucking brush their teeth and they have like I guess it doesn't have to be just kids, but it's, like, a common problem in, like, kids. But, like, they have, like, fucked up teeth. Holy Because, like, all they do is just consume Mountain Dew and then, like, probably just sit around and play video games. And, like I said, they don't practice, like, dental hygiene. So it has, like, a name. Gosh, you don't have, like, a Dr. Pepper mouth and, like, a, you know, it's, like, Mountain Dew mouth. It's, like, a real thing. Isn't so, there the thing where, like, the, 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 the yellow dye in the Mountain Dew is supposed to, like, lower sperm count? I did hear that. I don't know. Is that, know. like, an old wives' tale? Let's back check it real quick. But I also, I mean, like, I know that they changed the recipe a couple times. So, yeah, yeah we got to take that, uh, got to take the cocaine out of the Coca Cola. Yeah. Like, which is what I'm currently drinking during the recording of this podcast. Thank you very much. Count. Thanks for picking up that Coke for me, dog. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. 12 ounce can of Mountain Dew contains. 54 milligrams of caffeine, which is more than other sodas. Right, so that's why, like, if I have a fucking headache, I'm like, hit me with some Mountain Dew. You're probably not drinking this much beverage. Oh, it would only slow the sperm motility. But it won't actually kill any of the sperm. So it'll slow their little swimmings down. God damn. So, but they can still get there. You would have to drink... About 11, 12 ounce cans of Mountain Dew to have a similar effect. Wait, so this, is this? this is a 20 ounce. Okay, so given how a cup of coffee has about 217 milligrams of caffeine per 12 ounces, you would have to drink four cups to cause a decrease in sperm motility. It becomes easier to understand how, like, Mountain Dew affects sperm. <laughs> how little Mountain Dew affects sperm. Oh, doesn't even really affect it. So what you're telling me is the doctors want me to drink more of it is what I'm taking away. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like uh, I did some fucking, like, questionnaire because I had to go see the fucking neurosurgeon in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. So I, I did my, my questionnaire early so I could save time when I get there. So it's all like, um, it's like, name these, like, different things. Uh, I was like, are you sexually active? <laughs> and if, like, who is your main partner? So I was like, female. And it was like, comment section. And I was like, I am... Like, the, my only sexual partner is my wife. <laughs> and then it's like, what birth control method do you use? And it listed all these ones. There was, like, intercourse, uh, like, interruptus, where it's with... Pulling out. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bro, come withdrawal. On. Just say withdrawal, man. Come on a tummy, man. I mean, like... Doctor, yeah, come we, on. We, just keep it real. But there was all sorts of stuff. There was, like, spermicidal creams and shit like that. <laughs> it was, like, Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, man, that's, that's the main one, Mountain Dew. That's what that's what a lot of like dudes in high school used to be saying. They're like, "Man, I drink so much Mountain Dew, I don't want to pull out." Now we see why you're a, a, high, <laughs> yeah. a high school father, father of nine by the age of God twelve. God damn! <laughs> God damn! Yeah, um, man. I'm, I mean, like you know, Katie and I did the Pepsi and Coke challenge. 
during our lovely like quarantine time over the last 22 months. Damn, is it that so like, you know, it's like, it's not quarantine, right? I don't want no one to think like Katie and I have not have had COVID, but like, you know, just we spend a lot of time at home watching fucking Netflix because we don't go out a lot. Yeah. You know? We don't want to get fucking sick, even though we're both vaccinated. Hashtag get fucking vaccinated, you goddamn piece of shit. As long as you can. And it's not going to, like, affect you health-wise. I don't think you're really pieces of shit. I just think, you know, be smart and get the fucking vaccine. I'm still alive! <laughs> Sorry. Unapologetically Kazi for a second. Um... Anyway, so like we did this little fucking thing, and she's like, "All right, which one was the Coca Cola?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's definitely this one." She's like, "That was Pepsi." And I I'm like, "Try that." I was like, "God damn it, you fucking duped me!" And then she did it, and she knew exactly which one was Pepsi and which one was Coke. And I was oh. like, "Son of a bitch!" And she's like, "See, Pepsi is better." And I'm like, "No, I will fucking die on that mountain." God damn, Coca Cola is the best, hands down. Fuck Pepsi. Dude, eat as dicks. far as cola goes, which I'm not a big cola guy, but Coke takes <clears throat> it. Coke always takes it. I don't even fuck with Pepsi. Man, you can't take a fucking, like, baby tooth and put it in a shot glass of Pepsi and have it erode it in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Coca-Cola does that. Joke's on you. Fucking rot my teeth from the inside out. You can't, like, <laughs> pour it over your engine and take off the corrosion. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, maybe you can, I don't know, but, like, Coca-Cola, like, really can fuck up a dirty-ass <laughs> Like, all kinds of shit, you know? <laughs> like, you should hear the shit these Navy guys are doing with that shit, bro. <laughs> Oh, man, they're, they're F-14. <laughs> Tomcat stalls out mid-flight. They just fucking, like, pop the hatch and just down a fucking... <laughs> they mix Coca-Cola and Jolt Cola together, and that's enough to get them one. Yeah, it's like, we're going down. No, no, I got this shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I learned this back in the boot. <laughs> we're good, boys. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that's the malt. Did I send you that 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 TikTok I saw? The, like the that '90s Pepsi commercial where you could like save up enough Pepsi yeah. points to win a F, uh, a Harrier jet. And so this one kid, like this like 11 year old kid, like drank a, or like no no it wasn't a, it was like a teenager, but he like took out a loan of seventy thousand dollars <laughs> to like buy enough Pepsi to get enough Pepsi points to then buy a billion dollar aircraft through Pepsi because their commercial said that. Se- 700,000 or 70,000 Pepsi points could even win you a Harrier jet. And, like, (laughs) it went to court, and, like, the court was like, it's unreasonable to think that, like, a child would be able to purchase, like, this billion-dollar aircraft, fly it, and then park it in front of their school. And they even, like, cited, like, (laughs) school zoning laws, and they were like, you can't park something like that in the front lawn, as this commercial says. It's, like, completely unrealistic, and, like, the kid lost the case, but, like, that dude's a fucking legend (laughs) for, like, taking him to court. (laughs) I'd be oh, so pissed, That's like bro. the Bart. Where's my elephant? Where's yeah. my elephant? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I wanted him to get the. I wanted him to get a check at the end of that. Even yeah. if he didn't get the jet, I was hoping he would get like a tank or something yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I guess before we close, I I feel like we should at oh, least yeah. talk about Ludacris. Uh, I went to a Ludacris show. I went to a Ludacris show like a couple weeks back. I, think, I don't it? even know, like mid October or something like that. Um. So I mean, you know, like it's not my number one type of if i'm gonna pick an artist hip-hop rap whatever but he's not my like dirty south i don't not fuck with him back when he was like mainly out i had all his songs yeah yeah. knew all his words i do have with the fast and furious series although the last one not the best one nine i think they went out in space yeah 
I thought the banter was awkward. I thought they forced it. They don't have to keep saying family every 10 seconds. Yeah. We get it, Vin Diesel. We yeah. get it, family. It's like an Olive Garden commercial. Uh, but, but you know what? You can't blame them. At that point, fucking milk that cash cow. That milk mi- milk that cash cow until that motherfucker keels over and dies because I, you've been like malnourishing it and like <laughs> just sucking it dry, bro. Guess go for the kill at this point. You know what? Katie's stepdad Sam loves those goddamn movies. Every time one comes out, we have to go see it. Guaranteed gift for the last 10 years. Guaranteed gift for Christmas for that man is one of those movies because they come out so fucking often. We go on Black Friday at Walmart and they have them or we get them the fucking box set or we get the new one or we get the Hobbs and Shaw or the this and the that. Like any of them fucking movies. If <laughs> have you not, seen Hobbs and Shaw? Is it worth it? Nah, Katie saw it with them though. Oh, I should, I mean, I, I should probably fuck with it. I guess. <laughs> well, I, I only say that because I didn't really fuck with Fast 9 and I, yeah. I still like those guys. It's just like that movie was like, ah, sure. ah. yeah. yeah. I ain't um, even seen it. I mean, I seen I seen Tokyo Drift. So the Ludacris show was actually really cool. There was parts where they played Woo, like the DJ yeah. was playing Woo. It wasn't like Ludacris, um, but that was that was great. Uh, there were some like assholes in the crowd. People got in a fight. That was mm-hmm. cool. My favorite part was the guy that was like, he was like fifty, and he was like trying to like bully everybody, and just always his girls go trying to like bully people. And, the guy, and this was at a casino, right? Yeah, it was at a casino, and I mean, it in was like a, Western New York, Western New York, three one five, predominantly damn. like a thirty-five to like forty-five year old audience, you know, and like Fucking everybody in there had four hundred one ks and shit. motherfuckers wiling out at us, like. <laughs> and so you know, it was like this. This frat bro that never grew up, and you know, yeah. it's just like this fucking annoying guy. Anyway, so like his girl starts a fight with a female security guard during move, bitch, get out the way. And you know the part, it was really, like, it almost for a second felt staged. Because it yeah. was like, oh no, a fight's out. But then there really was, like, a fight at the yeah. exact time. Maybe it started, like, three seconds before that part of the song. But it was, like, really weird timing. Uh, and then it, it turned into, like, that that dude. So it was, like, the, the girlfriend and the security are fighting. And then that dude, somebody's swinging on the EMT. Oh, Security's shit. coming in from all directions. Like, the whole show stopped. Ludacris started the song over and everybody's booing them not ludicrous but yeah. like booing those guys like um it was actually like really crazy but i it, i felt like happy inside because like this asshole was like he was like causing problems and he kept like flipping off ludicrous like trying to get a rise out of him or something everybody's like why are you being weird you paid yeah. to be here he didn't pay yeah. you so like you're the idiot <laughs> you gave him your money he still now, leaves with your money yeah no matter what he doesn't and now you leave without seeing the show you missed the show they're probably found. some fucking drunk assholes i mean that's that's like the only reason like I've had people. I've been at shows before, and people have been like, "Bo," and you're like, "Why do you? Why do you boo? Just leave, right? Why did asshole. you? Pay, why did you pay to be a fucking asshole? Like, sure, if the show literally sucks, but like, I don't know. Blueberry Yum Yum came on, uh, so it's like the top stoner song of like the 2000s. Sure. Uh, and so that came on, and he's Ludacris, like, "Oh, shout out to my stoners, my stoners," and everybody's like, "Ah!" And then some people start sparking up. Some people start vaping, and then that same guy, this is before he got kicked mm-hmm. out, he sparks up a joint, and security guard immediately, because they weren't really saying shit about the vapes, but they yeah. immediately clicked like a flashlight right on his face, and he's not, not taking the hint, and he's like, uh, uh, and then like he, he approaches security, tries to hand them the joint, he's like pointing, he's like, give it to Luda, give it to Luda, and the guy's like, put the fucking joint out, I don't want to kick you out for this, but... Oh my god. It, it's like, it's just cringe, it was like Michael Scott trying to be cool, and you're just yeah. like... 
sir, will you please? Yeah, it's like, man, like, we get it that it's like recreational use is legal now in New York State. But, like, you know, still probably be discreet when you're inside a venue. It's not like you're at, like, a show outside, right? You're not, like, at the tent. Right. Like, the big outdoor picnic fucking bench or whatever it is. So I thought it was lowbrow and, like, you know, I don't know. But it was great. It was, like, victorious to see him get kicked out. Yeah. Uh, There was a part where it was, like... um, the, the the lyrics of the song is like the n-word i don't even remember the song but sure. like just the lyrics of the song is like the n-word so like he was like hyping up the crowd and like he would say this part and then like the crowd was in the next part blah, 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 blah. and then he handed it to the basically to the crowd to say the words but it was like the part of the song that has right. like the n-word in it and earlier in the in, early in the show he already called attention to the fact that it was a predominantly white audience he's like right. oh I, you know i love all my people and he's like saying everybody and he's like you know i he's like i I wouldn't be as famous as I am if white people wasn't buying my records too. Right. So shout out to you guys. So like he already knew who was in the thing. Right. So he passed it. To, he's like, here you go. And so basically yeah. he's like having the white people of the audience say, everybody's not me. I was like, right. I'm not yeah. damn shit. But yeah, like, yeah, a lot yeah. of white people in the audience said that, you know, the end with the A at the end, not that it's better, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. it wasn't like yeah, it was yeah. a rally or anything. Right, 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 right. But so they said that. And then like, I, so this is the thing. I couldn't hear shit after a certain point it was like like it was just like fucking weird mup but he stopped the whole ass song when everybody said the end and he's like wait 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 we're gonna do it we're gonna do it right some people said that he was offended that people said the n-word some people said that he was offended that not enough people said the n-word I couldn't hear shit Either way, I wasn't saying it. I right. was like, I don't care. I'm not taking the pass. Yeah, you yeah, sort of yeah. give me the pass. I'm not taking yeah, the yeah, pass. Yeah, Because yeah. that, you know, it's like, nah. I've seen, uh, because the uh, Raekwon, Ghostface, and Jizza are doing their Three Chambers tour. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of that on, on Instagram. And the Jizza omits the N-word now hmm. when he's rapping. He don't even change it to, like, brothers or fellas just or things like it. that. He just, he, he doesn't, he just, like, He's rapping. He doesn't say the word. He keeps going. Hmm. Right. And it's interesting, right? Okay, so did Ludacris rap over his own raps? Basically, yeah. So it was like the radio yeah. version or like the CD version. And then he would just kind of like chime in on the hook. And then sometimes yeah. it wasn't even like the whole song. Yeah. Sometimes it was just like the part of the song that was like the banger, and yeah. like the DJ would like. Sure. So like I, you know, like I give like certain parts of the show like high rating, right? And then the you know the only part of the show that I felt, and I'm not I'm not talking like audience wise because like that guy, um, fuck that weirdo, but like he Ludacris had like a hype man with him. I don't even know who he was, but it was like his yeah. boy since high school, and so there was like this part of the show that felt really forced and staged. And it was like, Oh, the left side of the audience is, is the hype side. And then the ludicrous. And then the other guy is like, Oh no, the right side of the audience. And like, let me hear you. over yeah, here. Yeah. And, then, and I'm like, you guys do this. You clearly do this at like every, right. No matter where you go. And yeah. it was just very transparent. Like for me, I'm like, I'm not buying it. Right. I'm not, it's, this side is not more hype. I'm not more hype. Yeah. We're all just old. Just yeah. play the fucking side. That's funny because when you guys went to go see them, it was October 15th. Ah, yeah. Because Katie and I went to go see The Strokes. No, not The Strokes. Ah, I always the fucked struts, that up. The, the struts, struts. The Struts from England. Um, <laughs> we saw them and they did the same thing. They actually had microphones 
that were pointed towards the audience on both sides of the stage. And we were on the bassist side, so we were on stage right. Okay. Right, isn't it? it stage when right. When you're looking at the stage, it's stage left and stage right, right? Because it's what the audience sees. Anyway, we were on the right-hand side of the stage. Y'all motherfuckers know what, what I'm talking about. When I'm looking at the stage, we're on the right-hand side. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, uh, the lead singer, he did that. He did like, like they had like some like breakdown in the middle of a song, and they were like, okay, we're going to do it on Adam's side. Now we're going to do it on so-and-so's side. And like the bassist and the guitarist were like leading us in like different chants and different like, woo, ah, yes. And then like, he's like, okay, like he did kind of like a Freddie Mercury thing where like you warm up the crowd with like different like call and response. And then he like had us do it. And then they like, he had them cheer and they had us cheer and like, okay, I'm on the side that's loud while it's being loud. So I'm like, oh, it's loud. Right. We were, we were so much louder. And then, the lead singer was just like, I got to give it to this side, which was our side. And we're like, yeah, gang, gang. <laughs> and then everyone on the other side were like, oh. And he's all like, don't be mad, you cheeky bastards. You have so many more people. How were these people more loud than you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you shit, motherfuckers. So it's like, it's like a, it's a common like crowd warming up. Yeah. Kind of like middle of the show. Oh, shit. Thing to do. So, um, Yeah. Jacob has to take a quick telephone call. We're going to take a quick commercial break. All right, we're back. What's up, y'all? So I got a FaceTime in the middle, or actually at the end of the last recording. Uh, So, uh, But anyways, it's a cool concert. Great uh, way to hype up the crowd. Shout out to Freddie Mercury, RIP. Yeah. So um, coming up next, we have a really cool interview. Artist named Jay Crumb. I discovered him on TikTok. He's blowing up. He's available to stream on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Instagram, everything. So after you listen to this interview, go there and listen to Clarity or any other song. Yeah. J dot C-R-U-M, J Crumb. Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely dope. Uh, He's coming to us from Omaha, Nebraska. And um, as he says, yes, there are black people. In Nebraska. Yeah. So uh, look forward to that interview. Coming on up. Thanks, guys. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, Jay Crumb. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Very good. Glad to have you here on uh, Cold Brew and Hip Hop. So um, I'm the one that reached out to you. I'm JMB. Okay, okay. Uh, I am here with my co-host, uh, Jahangir or Kazi. Hey, what's up, man? How you hey, doing? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Not much, man. Excited to have you on the show. Oh, man, no. It's honor's mine. Word, word. Uh, how you doing today? Oh, man, I'm good. It's been a been a long day, but... Yeah? I'm, yeah, I'm good for, like, like a good convo and everything. So I've been looking forward to this since... Heck, yeah. Awesome. So uh, I think we'll, we'll dive in. I have, I have a couple random questions, kind of, based on the work that I've seen out there. Uh, yeah. So first one kind of thing that like jumped out was your TikTok bio. Yeah. It says, yes, there are black people in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is funny, but I was wondering like how often was that coming up where, um, it, you know, like you felt the need to write that in your bio. Cause that's like, I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. No, uh, every, every single time, every, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I have a show in Atlanta, I'll pull up at, you know, uh, LA or 
just different, like, especially, like, the major cities, and they'll be like, what? They got black people? <laughs> they got black people over there? And so, like, yeah, so I just put, you know, just put it there uh, <laughs> to just answer the question, because I already knew it was coming. Like the FAQ section. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, yeah, so I saw you were um, recently featured in the magazine. Uh, the, I wasn't sure. The title is uh, Through Conviction and Passion, November issue. Is that out yet? Yeah. Is, that, is that on digital release? That That is on. It is on digital release. Um, I'll put a link. I'll put a link in my website so you can access it. For the Omaha magazine. So my city has a has a magazine. And so. Oh, they, wow. All right. Yeah. yeah. They made me a feature for their for their magazine. That's amazing, man. I'm happy. Congrats on that. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. So you have uh, you have over nine thousand monthly listeners on alone. I don't even actually uh-huh. use Spotify. I use Apple Music. Doesn't okay. really show the analytics on there, but um, I mean, from what I can see, you're, you're blowing up. Uh, you're you're viral. Your song "Clarity" is like all over TikTok. Yeah. Uh, can you talk to us more about what inspired the the kind of religious uh, subtext to some of your music? Yeah, so um for for so I guess for for a long time I was um I was like trying to be a pastor. So like uh um, so like most of my twenties, so I spent like from twenty to like twenty-four uh going through uh Bible college, um so all right. degree in double, yeah, biblical studies and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um and so and I had navigated like uh the evangelical space you know, for, mm-hmm. for a while. So from like 2008 through like 2014, um, I had, I had really been like, you know, boots to the ground. Like I was like super heavy in, into that. Mm. And um, I had endured a lot, but I think one of the things I realized was just how much, uh, how much I was traumatized by that phase of my life. Um, and one of my one of my trauma responses that I realized early on was like fawning. So there's like fight, flight, um, and then fawning is one of them as well. So for me, it was like, okay, um, in order for me to be accepted, I'm going to try to change myself so that you can accept me. You know what I mean? To feel yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had did that for a while, and I had just like really lost myself in it, you know, and. Uh, it took me leaving that space to like really find out how much it like messed me up. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I've been like really unpacking these things. I've been in therapy and all of that. And so, so a lot of like what you heard from like clarity and, and a few other, mm-hmm. a few uh, like recent releases um, all really speaks to that, you know, of what, me kind of unpacking these things and me kind of calling out some of the, the harmful parts of of what I see, especially in, um, you know, American evangelical church. So that's that's like, thank you for opening up about that, too. Yeah. And like talking about the fact that like you've like you've you sought therapy and things like that. That's something that Jacob and myself both really like are big advocates for. Oh, dope. Um, yeah. And you know, I think when, when you're just kind of saying that you, you lost yourself in this journey yeah. and then once you left it, it took a lot of like soul searching for you to find yourself. And I think that that's kind of, that's kind of poetic. And I love that actually, because you know, what's, the, what's like the old adage, like a lot of people like 
turn to Christ to find themselves, right. Right. To find their way in life. And here, you know, is a young man who's trying to, you know, be righteous by God and, you know, follow this religion that you believe in. And through the, your, like, through your journey, you actually discovered that you were getting further away from yourself. Right. Um, that's, I think that's like, that's such a powerful um, tool for you to have in your tool belt for when you, you know, your art and wow, that's, that's really powerful, man. I really like that, but no, like, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, I, I'm jamming your stuff. I think, um, I think it was Jacob who had sent me your TikTok of like you like freestyling clarity or something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, this guy is dope. So, you know, fast forward maybe a couple of months and now here we are talking with you. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you have a theme. You kind of uh, go back to the mental health topics, uh, talking about trauma. Yeah. So I definitely relate to that. I do, I do have PTSD. I work through that. I think it's super cool that you're open about therapy. I haven't been back to therapy in a couple of years. Maybe I should take that as a as a sign. Yeah. No, I recently, like, I've hit a couple, like, bumps. So I'm like, okay, let me get back. So I had I had just signed up. I'm, I'm, I promise these people aren't paying me. But I just signed <laughs> up for uh, Cerebral. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's like, all, you know, uh, like they'll do like virtual calls and, and stuff like that. And so I just got paired up with the therapist and later later this month we're supposed to be meeting. So nice. Yeah, that's really awesome, too. Like, I think that um, I've been seeing more and more like I think Michael Phelps is in some commercial about like telemedical help and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. either like via text or email or, mm-hmm. you know, uh uh, FaceTime things like that. Yeah. I think that you know, I'm I'm happy to see that, and I think we'll probably see that too as like um, the millennial generation and the Gen Zs start growing up. It becomes more and more mainstream, and that's a good thing. That you know, like you know, there for a long time there was this big stigma of like, oh, you're seeing a therapist. There must be something wrong. Right. 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 Like I, I think a lot of us have gone through lots of traumatic things, and I you know it each person is different and i think that seeking that help is awesome that yeah. and especially too that like you know the there's companies now that can offer that to you like straight from your phone so that's that's fantastic cerebral i'm gonna have to look that up uh yeah so yeah, get cerebral.com the first month's like 30 bucks a month and then nice. after that i think it's like it's like 85 or something like that a month for and then you meet with the therapist like once a week so oh nice um, yeah. So if you don't have insurance, like it's, you know, it's still super affordable. So definitely. Yeah. Um. So speaking a little about about trauma and that anything, but um, is it okay if no, I ask you about the youth pastor? Yeah, let's talk about, yeah, we can talk about Okay. It. All right. So uh, you mentioned a lot about uh, a youth pastor. Uh, basically gave a sermon wearing blackface as a Halloween yeah. costume. Uh, yeah. Can you share? us uh, more about that yeah so um so it was a halloween service and um the youth pastor had mentioned that uh he had mentioned to me that he wanted to be he was going to be kimbo slice mm-hmm. um and i guess it didn't like register to me that when he said kimbo slice that he was going to be donning like a full body 
black blackface. You know, I thought that maybe okay, you're gonna cut your hair like Kimbo Slice or whatever. Um, and we hadn't seen him until you know he stepped out on the stage. I think he wanted like shock value or something. Um, and so, you know, they did this whole thing where they like, you know, they did this whole build up and everything, and then he finally comes out, and yeah, he has full like painted arms, painted face, just just black. Yeah. Uh, as Kimbo Slice and then preaches, you know, preaches a, a, a 45 minute sermon to a bunch of teenagers. Um yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, bro, it was wild. <laughs> and it's just it's so it's so ironic on so many levels, but like I just so like did he did he ever like uh, try to make good on that or did he ever like uh, take feedback and be like okay that wasn't the right thing yeah so um initially no right so initially because right. uh, i was part of uh i had just joined um uh, i had joined a uh their leadership team so i was starting bible college and and i was part of i just had just, like i was still new to everything but i just joined and i remember talking to him initially and being like yo like that was not cool like here's what this means and he kind of took it as like i was being like oversensitive right and like you know uh that's not what this means anymore and all this like he's like trying to tell me like what it was this was like maybe 2008 mm-hmm. um and so he like tried to tell me what blackface was like i didn't know you know um and so but it wasn't until um so, you know, I, I had grown up and I had I had left that place. And, you know, um, so it wasn't until several years later. It was actually um, the summer uh, last summer where, mm-hmm. the you know, where all the things came up with uh, right. you know, George Floyd and, you know, um, Ahmaud Arbery and, and all these things were going on. Daniel Prude. Yeah. Yeah. And so he called. Co- so he calls me. Um. And like, then he wants to apologize. And I just, I don't know, man. It was like, for me, it felt like, oh, like, it, I don't know. It, it felt like a trend at that point where I, there was just a lot of like people from like evangelical spaces who were just like, hey, we're going to bring a black guy to, you know, we're going to ask him a bunch of questions about race reconciliation because our, you know, our country is shut down. We don't have anything else to talk about. Right. Like, it, that's what it felt like. So, you know, but we had, we had that conversation then. Um, and it was a thing where he kind of talked around it, right? He was like, mm-hmm. apologized for like a lot of the other racist things that were happening at the church and him saying, yo, I'm sorry, I didn't protect you. But it was a thing where I had to then bring up to him that, yo, you were a huge, uh, proponent for that culture. You were right. huge in, 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 in pushing that because you, uh, you did this, like you, you went, you did straight blackface, bro. Like you, that, there's no ways around it. And I tried to explain to you, you still wrote me off. Um, and then, of course, he apologized. But it, you know, it's it's one of those things for me where it's like I, I I'll forgive, but like, um, I don't have to reconcile. Man, it took a lot right. for me. It took a lot for me to like arrive at that place, that you know, forgiveness and reconciliation is not are not mutually exclusive, right? Right. reconciliation means you get to have that space in my life again. Right. Um, and that's never happening. You know what I mean? So. And that's uh, like that. That's a powerful thing to have. Right. Mm-hmm. To understand the difference between 
you know, forgiveness and reconciliation and being able to like compartmentalize and separate those two. Right. And, you know, I think it definitely takes a very like mentally strong and big person to be able to, to do that for someone who has wronged you. Right. And like, and I think it's like very, it's on brand, I would say Mm -hmm. for tons of people who get, caught on their bullshit for saying or doing racist things oh we can cuss here okay oh oh awesome. yeah 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 all right sure. <laughs> i've been trying to i've been trying to chill all right, all right, all right. <laughs> no, no. you know and but but you know like i i think that they um uh you know like people people get caught and then they like either try to like skirt around it and you know like i and you can ask anyone that's in my life i sometimes can be like a huge asshole Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, the people who are close to me, they will call me on it. And then I'll be like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to really like look inward and I'm going to try to like really understand what I've been doing. Right. And, you know, certain behavior that was normal to me and in my upbringing, now that I'm around like actual people uh-huh. <laughs> in society, they're just like, hey, man, that's like really not normal that you say that and do those things. And I'm like, Sometimes, oh, yeah. oh, oh, what? You know, so, um, you know, I and appreciate the fact that like people are honest with me about that too, right? Like, I, yeah. I'll forgive you. I'm not going to like forget about this, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, like we can move past it. Um, and that's, you know, that that's big of you too for, for, for taking that phone call from him. I would have been like, nah, and you can, yeah, <laughs> you can. <laughs> so I want to, I want to talk about that for a second, Kazi, because I know that you, you had, a lot of like I don't want to put your shit out there, but like post nine eleven, yeah, nine eleven. I know you had a lot of shit. Can I say your name? Yeah, your name is Jahangir Kazi, right? Your dad yeah. is from Pakistan, so you caught a lot of shit after nine eleven. Did anybody right. ever call you up or try to have a conversation with you? No, it it's kind of like when um, I posted something. Um, I mean, I think maybe like last year about it, and. I was like, I think I waited until September 12th to say something. And I was just kind of like, hey, this was my experience, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was born in America. I'm an American boy. I had gone to see twice in my life. You know, I love New York City. I've, like, been on those towers. And, like, I love those. And kind of, like, after everything happened, and then when I was, like, you know, verbally and physically attacked just because of you know, where my father is from, the part of the world where my father is from, you know, it just kind of, I kind of, I shared that story. Right. And like a lot of people I went to high school with were like, I never knew that like this happened, you know? And it's it's like one of those things where it's like, I, I can appreciate you like saying, I'm sorry that this happened to you. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, I feel bad that this happened and I can't believe I didn't see it. If you had said something, it's all those, you know, all, all those, you know, sentiments. Right. And I can appreciate those. Right. Sure. And sure. obviously it's on my social media. So I control the people who I'm friends with. Sure. Right. So I'm not going to be friends with a bunch of assholes. And there were, there were people that I used to have on social media who I thought had kind of like grown out of that racist phase. Yeah. And then like, there was this one guy dan dan snyder i'll put you on blast because this is my fucking podcast (laughs) um he 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 shared a post about um like there were these people who wrapped bacon slices around the door handles of a mosque jesus 
And this was maybe 10 years ago that he shared this on Facebook. And I like screenshotted it with his name and everything. And then I shared it. And I was like, and this is the reason why I'm not going to continue to be friends with you. Yeah. Uh, Cause he was like, good. And then like Murica is what he wrote. And it's like, wow. it's not a representation of what we claim exactly. to be about. Claim exactly. to be about. I don't know how we act, but right. Right. Uh, that's fucked, man. Yeah. But that's, anyway, no, no, and, not, not to get too off topic, but yeah, I mean like, you know, it's at a certain point, you know, like you hope that people who have like done really, really like tone deaf things because like, yeah, I don't know this youth pastor, but I think what he did, or at least from what you've described to me, yeah, was very tone deaf. Right. right? It's like one of those things that you you act without thinking, and that's right. it's ironic that it came from someone who's a youth pastor because shouldn't the, the you know the 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 way of the Lord teach us to really look inward on our actions and our decisions and think about how they're going to impact anyone else in my right. community. Right. And if you have a single person who's like, especially someone who's marginalized, who says, hey, this is this this is offensive and this is why. And you still proceed to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like a white person being like, oh, no, you're not offended. Trust me. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Or, or, hey, you're blowing. Hey, you don't have the right to be offended because, like, I said so. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. I don't give you permission to be mad about this. So therefore you can be mad. Right. Jeez. Um, yeah, and to go back to your point, uh, to Jay Crumb, you you mentioned over the summer of uh, 2020, right? You know, after George Floyd, and there was yeah. a lot of, I mean, just a lot of action throughout the whole summer. And yeah. uh, I I remember every white person has like some kind of fo- social media post, right? Or like yeah. to, to trying to either, you know, I don't know if it's from a, a disingenuous place that they're just following the trend and doing like right, right. signals or if they really care about like African-American community right. and issues. And so like I was reflecting on that summer and I was trying to like give myself an audit and, and mm-hmm. uh-huh. I hopefully, hopefully I didn't do anything like that. Cause like, you know, I definitely, uh, I care about Black Lives Matter and everything like that, but I don't ever want to do something for show and fucking like put on a performance. Dear, right. you know, dear Black people, this is, you know, and then it's, right. it's all for the likes and the clout and all that. It's Right, right. That so was, I don't know. Just, I guess yeah. it's more of a comment really, but. You know, what was interesting is we had um, a couple of Black Lives Matter uh, marches in Rochester last okay. summer. And a few but I know that there was one that I had gone to with my mother and um, we marched on the legislature. Talking about downtown? Yeah. Oh, okay. And basically, we, when, when we finally got from Martin Luther King Jr. Park to the, um, the county legislature a few blocks down the road, we like uh, it was nuts barricades and it was like cops with freaking riot gear and stuff and so basically what the um speaker had organized is they said we want all the white here who are marching in support and solidarity of black lives matter to on the like the outside of of the crowd and then we want all the black people to get on the, the of the crowd because we want 
you know the people who support Black Lives Matter. Do it. Right? We want we want you to be a barrier between us and protect the, the black folk that are there. And it was extremely powerful because we then proceeded to like lay on our stomachs with our hands behind our backs for was it eight minutes and 29, 50, something. I, I feel like it's like 40 something, but yeah, I know. Yeah. 40, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, and like that was insane. Yeah. Because like that was such a long time and I wasn't even handcuffed. You know, and like, yeah. it's and, not and an uncomfortable no, thing to just, just fucking yeah, imagine on, that. On, like, on it makes the hot me pavement sick. And like, and no one had their, their knee in my back neither. You know, God, and like, sick, man. I, I it was, it was, it was extremely powerful. But, you know, um, I, I think, I think that that was like a neat thing that the organizers did where they were like, you know, um, if you're here to support, this is what you do. Right. And I think like that's, you know, that's powerful in like the same image, you know, of, um, the civil rights movement when you'd see you know many shades of people all linked arms together because you know we're stronger together so right no agreed agreed um yeah that summer was 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 very interesting because you know you had you had of course you had people who were doing things for for clout and you yeah had who were, like it's one of those things where it's like uh you know how if if you're still speaking on it okay awesome a lot of people, you know, that that time came and went, you know, yeah. and you found out that this isn't. It's kind of like how I was saying during during that time. It was like these these things, these this is going to come and go, and mm-hmm. you know, most of the people who are all of a sudden speaking up aren't going to keep. By the time we get here next year, yep, they'll be done with it. They'll be they'll be not only be done with it, but like will say, "Hey, I'm tired of talking about this." Right. We saw that happen a lot. Yeah. And that's like, it's so unfortunate too, because, you know, it's, uh, I forget what comedian, I think it might've been Michael Che or something like that. He's like, we're not even talking about like equal rights. I mean, we just want civil rights. Can we just have you be civil? Right. Right. And it's like, I never thought, you know, like my, my mom is in her sixties and she, Mm -hmm. she grew up in Detroit during the civil rights yeah, that's my know, family. I, I was born in Detroit, but my whole family. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Three one three represent. Yeah, yeah. So you know, she she remembers seeing the smoke from downtown in the during the riots of '68. Yeah. And like, I I asked her, I was like, "Did you ever think that like you'd still be, you know, part of this? Like, it's just it's in my mother's lifetime." it hasn't been solved. And it's just like, at some points too, like you can just get like super like sad about it because you're like, Jesus, like, why can't we, you know, love thy neighbor? Right. Why can't we just like move past it and, and grow as a nation and grow as an entire like worldwide community as well. You know, not just thinking about the United States, but um, you know, I think that's something too, that the power of hip hop really, really kind of tries to like bring back, um you know that that culture and that unity yeah um and like that's one thing too that um i really liked about you know the music of yours that i've listened to already Mm -hmm. um i checked out your 2020 album uh vagabond yeah and i got like halfway through it today while i was at work and i i just like i really love like your general sound and your flow on that album i appreciate Um, it 
and the the one song um rumble rumble yeah. the lo-fi beat on it yeah right? yeah, yeah i wrote rumble uh the sum that summer so um, yo yeah that's, that's that's been a vibe for sure yeah, i love yeah, that yeah. song yeah 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 rumble and invisible were the two songs that came out of that season Right. So, definitely gonna check out that other one. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Uh, have you heard these viral guys, the Island Boy? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my god. Like, okay, I, I'm not even gonna say anything, but let me let me hear your take if you don't mind. Um. Yeah. So I I. They they. I don't know, man. I I feel like I feel. I'm, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, this is just what, you know, this is just what this culture now right. cares about. You don't even have to be talented. All you got to do is like, I don't know, man. It, it feels like, it feels like these guys, you, you get people who are, um, you get these people and they just become caricatures of what they think black people are. Yeah. And then, uh, and everybody just gravitates to it and shares it, and you know, oh my gosh, I love this. But then you you got that, but not only that, then you got a bunch of like forty year old white men doing horrible impressions of them, and so oh it just feels like, okay, all of you are just making fun of us, right? That's what it feels like. Um, so yeah, I don't like that shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, you know? uh, so are they? Do they qualify as hip hop? To me, no. Yeah, to me, no. I have to agree. I'm a guy. I'm a guy. Like I like new school. You know what I mean? I like a lot of school guys. I love you mm-hmm. know all the littles, all the young. Like I, I rock with a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but this doesn't. This is this is this feels like a parody. Right. You know? Um. You know, I I don't I just I don't like that shit. You know, so. Um, that's just how that's how I feel. People people sometimes look at me like I'm the, you know, the angry the angry old head rapper. But no, nah, it's that's, just, <laughs> that's that's how it you know that's that's how I see it. You know? And you're you're a young head too, man. I mean, like, yeah, 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 right. Like that that that's funny because like yeah. that, that that's how I am. Like and you know, I've gone on record of saying like anything that came out after 2010, uh-huh. I'm not gonna know anything about it. Yeah, I rely I rely on Jacob and I rely on like my wife and the rest of my friends to like hit me to like new rap and hip hop unless it's like you know unless it comes from like Dre or Snoop I'm not gonna like see it and I think that's one of the cool things at least about about TikTok I mean like I'm in my 30s so like being on TikTok as you know a, a a millennial is kind of interesting in of itself, but then like, you know, we stumble across guys like you mm-hmm. and then we also stumble across guys like them Island boys. <laughs> uh, right. And man, I was on Snapchat and like they were featured on like the Snapchat stories or whatever. And Snapchat legit even called them goobers, which is hilarious <laughs> because Jacob was all like, Hey, these dudes are goobers. I don't even have Snapchat. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't fuck with their sound. Uh, I mean, I'm no hate on their success. I mean, you know, congrats if that's what makes you go viral and get paid. But I, I mean, I gotta be honest with you, I do think it's corny. Yeah, not yeah. that anybody was waiting for my take, but I, I can't, I can't fuck with that. Hey, man, like my my favorite number is the number seventeen. 
one of them boys has the number 17 tattooed in yeah man i would never do that and that's my right. favorite number <laughs> yeah know, that's that's a lot of dedication and they're young too like yeah they gotta hope that they like blow up and make a couple million off of being goobers and then yeah. they can just like invest in dogecoin i guess and then just ride that out for the rest <laughs> of their life because man yeah. they i don't know I, and I, you know jacob and i both have tattoos but like I don't know, man. I ain't trying to get no crazy shit on my face. And dude, yeah. I'm not getting any fucking face tattoos. I got, I got like six, 16, 17 tattoos. I'm not getting anything on my fucking face. Because no, because no, as soon as I, it's a 17 now, but then 10 years from now, it's going to be a 27 or something. So, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Not doing that. Yeah. I had the Yankees 10 years ago. It almost looks like the Mets by now. Like, my shit is so fucking stretched out. Yeah, the Yankees do be looking like the Mets. Oh, uh, boo. Hey, Atlanta <laughs> won, man. Atlanta. Atlanta. If it ain't the Bronx, I'm not fucking watching. Ah, come on! At <laughs> least, at least, at least it wasn't the uh, the Astros cheating Astros. I know. Well, I know. I'm Kazi's a Tiger fan. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, tough. So, tough. <laughs> uh, any, any being a Detroit fan of anything is it's really hard right now, man. It's really yo. <laughs> it's really sucks right now. If we can, if we can make it through the 2008 Lions season. Yeah, man, we can we can make it through anything. Right, we, right. We'll, we'll come out again. We'll come yeah, out. You know the 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 Red Wings are looking pretty good in the early part of the season. They got some fresh talent. Okay, okay. You know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um. So hey, man. So another question for you. What is in like your current rotation of things that you're listening to? Like either like this month or this week. Yeah. So. Um... So this isn't hip hop, but there's this uh, Nigerian singer uh, named Tim, and I she has an EP out called if, "If Orange Was a Place," and I can't stop listening to it. If uh, Orange like, Was I, a Place, how do you spell her? Uh, it's uh, T E M S. Tim's okay. If Orange yeah. Was a Place, yep. She's Shout incredible. Out to Tim's. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, I listen to uh, this is a guy named Caleb Mitchell. Uh, he has a song called. He has an album out called "So Help Me God Too," um, which is super fire. Um, Topaz Jones. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but uh, he dropped. He dropped the album. He's he dropped one of my favorite albums this year. Um, Topaz. Yeah, I think he's down, man. Actually, I don't yeah, heard these ones yet, but yeah. Um, you know, I love Tyler's new record. Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs is like one of my favorite rappers alive right now um so yeah anything he drops uh, i'm 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 listening to i love griselda uh they, they drop an album like every two months um yeah. so west side gun uh benny the butcher uh conway the machine um yeah those guys are fire so um, Gr- griselda isn't that like that's tizza in it right no that's that's uh that's um, uh, TDE. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. My 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 boy Sean peed me to Griselda. Griselda. Yeah. I feel like that's a shout out to Griselda Blanco from Cocaine Cowboys, but I could just be reaching. But I don't know. So the <laughs> drug the, from, the uh, female like drug lord from like the eighties. Oh sure sure sure. Yeah. yeah, they're fire. Uh, and then Saba Saba's like my favorite rapper. So he got uh that I I feel like Care for Me is still like the the perfect album so i listen to that a lot nice uh i am going to dedicate all of tomorrow 
to listening to all these things that you told me to listen to because yeah. the only uh, the only name that I recognize was Griselda. So like, yeah, this is this is dope. I can't wait. Yeah. To... Good uh, homework. So, uh, hey, uh, what are your honest feelings about the Wu Tang Clan? Like, we we need to we need to know about this. We got to get to the bottom of this. What about honest feelings? I think yeah. I think Wu-Tang. they are. Uh, I think they're legendary, man. I think they have inspired an entire era. I think they have inspired like an entire subgenre of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think credit that they they deserve all the time straight up yeah yeah definitely um, i definitely and, feel that way yeah and even like each rap like like come on man like odd like he like inspired a lot of these new niggas man like he like he like really like the even like some of the goofiness and all that stuff the style yeah. the, the the originality all that stuff that was him you know what i mean so yeah um like look at him. Look at look at what he did. Look at his listen to his music. Like he yeah. inspired a lot of that stuff. So it's I don't think without the that whole group we get what we have now. Um so yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, dude, I I fucking love Wu Tang, man. Like I, I got put out of that shit when I was in like seventh grade. It, it yeah. was the radio in the back of class. Fucking gravel pit came on, man. Uh ever since then I fuck with the Wu, but uh Kazi actually like I think I put you on to like Triumph or one of those yeah, songs yeah, like that. Yeah, and this dude yeah. like went yeah. way down the rabbit hole. Now he's like he's he a like, fiend. I can't even compete. Jacob yeah. shared some like uh it was like the lyrics, the first verse, so inspected decks verse from Triumph and like yeah. someone had made like a like a YouTube video of the lyrics and they're coming across the screen and the lyrics are like each like each word or part of the word that rhymes with the other like part. Yeah. It's like animated. Yeah, it's animated. Yeah. And like I saw that and I was like, man, like I fuck with the Wu Tang clan, but now I think I really need to like dive deep. And I went down the rabbit hole. You ask any of them like my my boy Tony, he would ask me when I was like at work, we'd be opening together and he'd be like, Kazi, I'd ask you what you're listening to, but I know that it's Wu Tang clan. I'm like, actually, (laughs) I'm listening to the Jizza today. And he's like, like, it still counts. (laughs) So like, um, you know, it's 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 like one of those things. That I definitely like went down the rabbit hole with them, and um, the the thing that I the thing that I like about them is that you know they when they get together for their actual Wu Tang albums, it's like insane, right? Yeah. And then when each one of them dudes comes out with an album, they also invite all the other members of the Wu Tang Clan to be on the tracks. So you know, not only do we get actual Wu-Tang albums when they have their solo albums we also get Wu-Tang albums and and your comment about ODB really kind of like opened my eyes because like I kind of like turned my nose up to some of these like goofy ass new rappers with all yeah. the crazy antics and stuff like that but then uh-huh. I'm like you're right though yeah. he definitely did kind of like pave the, that road for like you know acting all nuts and saying crazy shit and I yeah. think that's like that's his legacy. Yeah. So that's why I was saying I like, you know, I like a lot of, you know, I don't I don't mind a lot of these new guys. Yeah. Um, because that that in itself is that's still hip hop. As long yeah. as you like you care about the actual culture of hip hop, you know, there's a lot of people they 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 don't give a shit about the culture of hip hop. They just they're here to get a bunch of clout and not, you know, and and you know, they don't care 
they don't care who they disrespect or how they do it. You know, right. unfortunately, uh, you know, people gravitate to that, you know, um, and some, you know, some people that really appreciate hip hop can smell that from a mile away too. Right. Like, right. I fucking right. smell bullshit. I'm not falling for it. Like it's a gimmick. Right. But then you have like some, I don't even like say younger people, but it is sometimes younger people. Yeah. Uh, but like people that just like eat that shit up and then they get paid anyways. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I hate it, but you know, that's, that's where we're at now. So uh, I guess kind of like final question for you from me. Um, if yeah. you could leave us with one message uh, for our audience, we do have listeners in South Africa, Germany, uh, New York, around the States. What would be one message that you would want to leave our listeners with? Um, I would say, um, I would say be yourself and don't allow, um, don't allow anybody to offer you anything that's going to cost that for you. What I mean by cost that, like costing yourself, costing who you are, costing who you, you know, the, the things that make you, you like, that's priceless. That's something that no one else on this earth has. So never sacrifice that for, you know, any type of game, because I promise you at the end of it, it's not going to be worth anything, you know? So that's profound. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. That's awesome. Um, all right, man. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you taking time out of your, out of your day to, you know, be on the cast with us. Um, yeah. Definitely want to try to see if we can have you on in the future too. Cause uh, I definitely sure. think that we can have some good banter and uh, discuss new things and. Deeply appreciate you, man. Uh, so everybody check out clarity on Apple music, Spotify, and probably dozens of other platforms. Um, yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. So I will hit you up with the link when this is published. And again, thank you very much for your time. Of course. All right. Thank you, my dude. Take it easy. All right. Peace. Peace. Yo, dude, that was an awesome interview with Jay Crumb. He definitely had a lot of like really insightful things to say. I love his list of like artists that he's currently listening to. And I really can't wait to like dive deep into that shit. I'm off of work tomorrow. So I'm going to like hit all of those. I hope you, I saw you taking notes. So hopefully you also like yeah. took a lot of notes. For uh, sure. Spam me, spam me tomorrow yeah, with yeah. some Apple music. Uh, hit me with Thames and yeah. Saba, Saba, yeah. all that. Yeah, man. Whatever you listen to. Caleb Mitchell, Topaz Jones, Freddie Gibbs. I got to check out all those dudes. Yeah. Jay Crumb was really cool to talk about. I like uh, how he was able to be uh, like real, yeah. gritty, vulnerable, raw, yeah. like not scared to share his thoughts. I thought yeah. it was funny when he was like, oh, we can cuss in here. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah brother. <laughs> you know, it was awesome. I, I wanted to make that, that Mitch Hedberg joke where it was like, Mitch Hedberg was all like, I was told that you can swear on satellite radio. Well, no shit. It's because no one's going to hear it. You can swear <laughs> in the woods too. <laughs> like, you know, um, but shout out to all of our listeners. I just kind of took a, took a look at the analytics. We got like some folks in Germany and in like South America and we've got the UK and South Africa and stuff like that too. And the United States. So, um, definitely getting heard all over the world. So that's pretty dope. Um, you know, if you like what you hear, share it with your friends, comment, find us on Instagram. Uh, just kind of follow us on there. It's cold, 
Cold Brew and Hip Hop. We do have a TikTok account now. Oh, fantastic. Cold Brew and Hip Hop. Finally, the TikTok account launched. Go follow that. It's the same username as Instagram. Um, and coming up in our next episode, we're going to break down a fucking long-ass, grueling, brutal, epic hike up New York's tallest mountain, Mount Marcy. It kicked my ass, but we all did it. Uh, so you'll hear about that next time. It was like, what, 16 hours, 18 hours? I don't even know. It was fucking it, wild. It was, we started the trail at 5.30 in the morning, and we didn't get back to the parking lot until 9.15 at night. Like, that's when I unlocked my car in the parking lot. So I think 15 and a half hours of, like, on the mountain time. Jeez, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, something I'll never forget, but that's yeah. something for the next conversation. For sure, for sure. So we talked about a lot today. Um, join us next time for more. Yeah. Until next time. Peace.